G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Just when you thought the teenage craze for TikTok was all about short dance videos, well, a bunch of street evangelists recognized it as an opportunity for a powerful presentation of the gospel. And they've discovered that the gospel is a hit on TikTok. The short video app that boasts about 800 million active users worldwide are interested in TikTok gospel videos. Well, it's not without controversy, though. We might talk through a little bit of controversy that has gone around TikTok. At least part of the U.S. government thinks it's a threat to national security because of the way it gathers huge quantities of user data. But here in Australia, a ban on the app is considered not necessary after the government looked into whether it was a security threat here in Australia. Well, our special guest today leads a street preaching crew. But what do street preachers do in lockdowns? Well, they pivoted. That's a great terminology that talks about how you respond when you can't do business as usual. And they've been making TikTok gospel videos racking up hundreds of thousands of views. Ryan Hemelar is back with us. He's squeezing in a conversation today in between a heavy schedule of reaching out online around the world. Ryan Hemelar is the Southeast Queensland team leader for Operation 513. Their website is operation513.com. He oversees teams in Melbourne, in Hobart, Brisbane, the Gold Coast, Auckland and in Essex in the UK. Ryan Hemelar, a special welcome along to 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Ryan, thanks for giving up some time because it sounds to me like you've got a a heavy schedule of online outreach and uh, I know that when we decided on today's date, it was like, uh, I think I can fit you into the schedule, Neil, because uh, I'm committed to these online outreaches. And so thank you very much for that. Just give us an idea about how the schedule looks for you in a week. Sure. Yeah, every day we um, have a we have outreaches online um, seven days a week. Um, for Mondays and Thursdays, we actually have full days. So from 9 a.m. all the way to 5 p.m., we are trying to reach as many people, um, having conversations with them online through a website named Omegle. Um, the other days of the week, we usually do four hours in the afternoon. And during that time, we also might be training up new people on how to do evangelism too, and then giving them a go at actually having some real conversations and giving them feedback too. I know a lot of people will be saying, wow, this sounds like an organized, uh, you know, it's a, you know, you've got the business end of what happens with the gospel here. And, and uh, listeners might like to uh, explore a little bit of that when they have a question or two uh, or a comment that might come a little later on. But, but this is just a wonderful approach, uh, a st- taking the gospel so seriously that you're wanting to see organized outreach. And the way you do that, you fit in the online outreach in amongst that we'll talk about the production of what you do with these videos and then the training of online evangelists. Uh, this is just amazing. Give us some insights into what uh, you know what is behind Operation 513 and just being so organized. 
Yeah, well, I found even personally getting out there, getting doing evangelism, I had to kind of discipline myself and say, look, okay, I'm going to do evangelism between this hour and this hour so that no matter how I'm feeling, whether I think I'm too busy, got other things on, I'll say, no, I'm going to be out there. I want to share the gospel with the lost because I know people need to hear about Christ. And so we've been doing that over the past uh, decade, even more than that, on the streets, um, chatting to people there. And then obviously because of COVID that came in, um, we're like, well, let's transition then to online stuff. We can't go out to the streets. Let's hit online. And God opened up a massive door for the gospel to go out. And we've just been so excited at what God has been doing through the ministry. Give us some insight here into just how massive this looks for you because uh, you must have on the tip of your tongue some of the good things that have been happening over these past months. Yeah, so we've been doing, since the lockdown happened at end of March, and so we could no longer go out in the streets. And so we said, where can we witness to people? We thought, well, let's let's look online. We found that there was a website that connects people, connects random people with you just to have a conversation. So these are people who are just wanting to go online to chat to someone about anything. We're like, what a great opportunity. So we went on there, gave it a go, and we're like, whoa, these people are listening. They're, they're ready to hear and talk about the stuff. And most of them have no idea about the things of God um, because they just haven't been taught. Maybe they might even had Christian backgrounds, but they just don't know the gospel. And so then we started having these conversations. We were super encouraged and we thought, why don't we actually even maybe live stream some of these conversations, encourage others by what God is doing. And so we then began some of the live streams. Um, I think it was maybe in May and and, when, and people were getting encouraged. People were just tuning in. They're finding it on their YouTube recommendations. And they're like, oh, what's this all about? And uh, and then in July, we thought, people had, some people had talked about TikTok. And we're like, okay, that's interesting. We've never really used that ever before. So we said, okay, let's just throw up a video, a one-minute video, because that's the maximum length you can put up on TikTok. Put up a one-minute video of a conversation we're having with someone about the gospel. And we, we were surprised. After the first hour, like there was over a thousand people who had seen it. Next hour, had gone up to like three thousand, ten thousand, and we're like, "What is happening here?" We were just <laughs> shocked. Um, and yeah, now that video is like over two hundred thousand people have seen that first video, and so we're like, "Have we hit something here? This is actually a good avenue of people coming to hear the gospel because people can comment as well in in response to the video, and people are saying, "I've never heard this before." This is brand new. I've been to church my whole life. I've never heard this message. And so we're like, well, let's keep on putting out more videos, more content. And so we've been doing usually about two videos a day. And some of the videos have really kind of just like gone viral. You know, some some have got like over 700,000 views. Um, and and some of the, the, the bigger ones are like where we put up, if someone asks us a question and then we'll give a, like a biblical response to it and these are the videos particularly that have kind of like really exploded and, and we make sure to include the gospel in every single video. Ryan, let me just recount here, and we've had some conversations over the years now because you're not afraid of controversy. You're not afraid if someone's going to disagree with you. In fact, to the point of being arrested on the street because you're a street evangelist and and there was a big controversy just some years ago and some listeners will remember where 
on the streets of Brisbane, which is uh, your home city in that sense of uh, where you have a focused outreach around the central mall called the Queen Street Mall. And right now it's illegal to preach the gospel in the Queen Street Mall. And you were a part of all that. Give us a little, uh, you know, take us down memory lane here because you were in the middle of controversy. You were in the courts. You were not afraid uh, to be able to stand for the gospel. Remind us of what happened in those times. Yeah, this was um, uh, several years ago, and basically the council, the Brisbane City Council, had decided to say, "Look, we don't want Christian uh, people sharing the gospel uh, in in the Queen Street Mall," and we're like, "But you know, the the, the laws actually give us the freedom to do that," and uh, we so therefore we contested that, we contested the fines and so on that they were giving us, and um, it went all the way up even to the High Court. Now, ultimately, the High Court didn't rule in our favour in that regard. But it actually, what I found is it actually meant the gospel spread out further. So not only did it actually bring in more laborers to help share the gospel for the teams, but it also enabled us to move locations slightly as well. We actually moved our locations to um, the King George Square and, and surrounding areas, which meant we were able to reach more people because people were sitting down, we were able to have even better conversations than we were able to have in the mall. And so it's interesting that God... Works everything for his for his good and and for his glory, and so even um, when people try and oppose the gospel, it usually makes the gospel spread out further. And you know, just a reminder of you know Peter and John <laughs> getting drawn before the authorities, and and uh, you know the, the 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 finger pointing that must and you no doubt have this sort of feeling, the finger pointing. You know, you're not allowed to go and preach the gospel. And so uh, you leave the court and uh, you say, well, I've been, I've been chastised here. And then you say, well, what can we do? And you chose a different angle and it's even more successful than before. Is that the way you look at it? Like It's like a silver lining on a dark cloud. Yeah, exactly. Um, I praise God for all the events that have taken place because it has it even grown us in our evangelistic abilities as well, being able to adapt to new circumstances, new environments. And then also being more bold in starting conversations to witness uh, to people about Christ. And then even when COVID came along, that made us adapt even more. And um, I think God has used all of this for the furtherance of the gospel. And I know that there'll be people listening into our conversation today that might be thinking, perhaps I'll join this outfit Sounds like the sort of team that is really a, a go-getter team, and I think that's exactly what you are. And so, uh, just be ready, and we'll, uh, we'll 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 mention the website how you can be in touch with Ryan at Operation Five Thirteen. It's of course Operation Five Thirteen dot com. If you wanted to write something down now, but we'll talk about you know how new people can be a part of your team and what sort of training you'd put them through and how they might be able to be useful in the kingdom because you know they're people who know what social media is about. They know what these apps are capable of. And uh, we'll see if we can uh, add to your team as we go. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our special guest this hour is Ryan Hemmelar. Ryan is in southeast Queensland, leads the team of Operation 513 a bunch of street preachers and they've made a change with the, the COVID issues and they've gone online. Now there's teams that Ryan leads in Melbourne, in Hobart, Brisbane, Gold Coast, Auckland and yes on the other side of the world in Essex in the UK. 
And uh, while the ads were on just then, I said to Ryan, uh, you know, have you got anyone who is in the Australian outback, any country towns who's a part of your outfit? He said, no, not yet. Uh, Ryan, what's wrong here? Are people in the outback not interested in evangelism? Well, I'm sure many of them are. Um, in fact, I was just mentioning that uh, I was in Brisbane City even just a, a week or uh, maybe a month ago, and there was a guy who came up to me and said, hey, I've seen all your stuff on TikTok, and like, I live out in the outback, and I just love what you're doing. It's awesome. And so maybe, yeah, someone might be listening today and be like, yeah, I would love to get involved in doing evangelism. There's the opportunity. You don't have to be in a, like in Brisbane. You can be anywhere in the world and you just need an internet connection, and you can be part of the team to witness to the lost. Well, no doubt there'll be listeners right now in outback towns, uh, country communities, maybe even people who are a little bit isolated out on a, a property somewhere, and they're saying, well, you know, I don't get to go and be a street preacher, but if I was in the city, I would go and join Ryan Hemmler. I'd join the team. Well, you don't have to wait because now you can make that connection with Ryan and they've got a way that you can reach out around the world. So uh, you'd like a few extra country folks, a few extra, uh, what, what ages? I mean, what are, we, what are we talking about here? Is there a particular age group for an Operation 513? I mean, you're a young man, but uh, what's, the, what's the age group? Uh, give us a profile of the sort of person who will work best in this environment. Well, literally anyone. So we've got people on the team who are a variety of ages. We've got people who are in their like, 70s <laughs> all the way down yep. to people who are like 15. So um, it do- your age doesn't really matter, just a passionness or a willingness to want to share the, the good news of Jesus. Okay, age 15 to 70, and you could be anywhere around Australia. You'll be welcome on the team. There might even be people listening internationally, and uh, you'll be welcome as well. So age 15 to 70 and the sort of training that you put people through to be a part, I mean, you know, you have to have a special license to be a part of Operation 513. What qualifies someone to be on the team? <laughs> yeah, it was not, not any special license. But, yeah, what we do is we go through and kind of, um, first of all, we, we'll give you like a talk to listen to on, on how to share the gospel because that's usually the most daunting thing of what do you say when you're sharing the gospel to someone? And so we'll give you some kind of, tips and some framework to know what to say. We'll then do some kind of role playing. So um, practice witnessing um, between each other. And then once you feel confident enough, like, yeah, actually, I think I could have a conversation with someone. We'll then pair you up with, with a random stranger, have a gospel conversation. We'll be listening in the background and then we ought to give you some feedback. Or even if you get completely stuck, we can actually even then join the conversation and kind of um, help you out there with that. And so, yeah, once you get trained up, it's not too scary. Um, and, and the thing is that God uses the words we speak, even our frail, weak, you know, fallible words. God uses that to bring people into his kingdom. And so even if it's scary, um, just ask God for boldness. And get, once you get trained up, God will give you that confidence. Okay, you get into a random conversation with a stranger and you've got, uh, you've got a few of the team listening in and they'll offer you feedback on how you can actually do a great job sharing the gospel online. Well, that doesn't sound too difficult. Right. And uh, I imagine that you don't have to be a theological expert to be a part of the team. No. But you do have to understand that there is a, a track. There'll be some elements of the gospel that you'll need to include mm. if you're going to give an accurate and uh, biblical presentation. And right. I, no doubt that's the sort of thing you're talking about when you say we're going to offer some tips. Yes, exactly right. We want to include um, 
the very fact of like, yeah, we, that, that firstly, God exists. We've, we're going to stand before him one day and be judged based on how we've lived. Um, we, and obviously God's law shows the knowledge of sin, makes us realize that we're a sinner. And therefore, because of our sin, we therefore deserve hell for our sin. But that's why Jesus came. He took that punishment that we deserve on that cross, taking our punishment, rising back to life three days later. And that offer of forgiveness is actually available to anyone who would believe in Christ, trust in his sacrifice alone for their forgiveness. And and obviously, that once someone believes, that will result in a life change, a, a transformed way of living because... They are grateful to Jesus for what he's done for them. Well, I think that listeners who heard you sharing that gospel presentation in less than a minute uh, should be inspired by that because there was all of those elements. Of course, uh, you know, God exists. He is the creator. Uh, That we've fallen short of his standard. We've sinned. But because he sent Christ who died on the cross and rose again, we have an opportunity to be reconciled to God and we can have new life. We respond uh, by repentance and we'd often say, you know, even being born again, asking Christ to come into our lives. That's a really powerful way to so simply be able to talk about the gospel. And then, of course, once you understand how you present the gospel in a minute, well, then obviously things get you know, more complicated from there as you start to expand on things. And no doubt then that helps you to grow in maturity as a believer. Yeah, absolutely. I find through evangelism, it helps you, first of all, be reminded of the gospel. Every time you share it with someone else, you're like, wow, it is such good news that I'm sharing. And so it encourages you in your faith. It also gets you into your Bible because particularly when people ask you questions, you're like, oh, yeah, I wonder what the answer is. And that gets you into the Bible um, and one of the tips that we've found has been really helpful in evangelism is asking questions. Often what can happen is uh, we as Christians can just maybe just unload a lot of information on someone. And what could happen is that a person could tune out. They could be like, oh, yep, in their mind, they're thinking about something else. But what we've found is making sure that you're asking questions, and particularly really key questions, leading questions, that will help them to grasp what you're saying and to keep them engaged in the conversation and so if you ever listen to some of our conversations or some of the videos we've been putting up, um, you can check that out even on uh, the TikTok. The TikTok username is needgod.net. That's the username for TikTok. And also um, it's on YouTube, the same thing, needgod.net. If you check out the videos, you'll see that we're asking, continually asking questions. Um, but they're really good ones to try and get the person to first of all, realize their own sinfulness without us having to tell you, look, you're a sinner. Right? We, we actually ask them questions and they come to realize themselves, oh, I'm a sinner. I, oh, I deserve punishment. And then you say, well, but what if someone takes your punishment for you? If, if someone takes 100% of your punishment, how much is left for you? Oh, there'd be none, they say. Yeah, and so if you've got no more punishment, where do you get to go when you die? That'd be heaven. Well, guess what? The person who's willing to do that for you is Jesus. And that's why he died on that cross and came back to life. And so they're, having, they're actually understanding the logic of the gospel themselves just through some of those key questions. And we've found that's been a really good way of of people coming to understand the good news of Christ. And for some who think that it's a sort of a coercive way of bringing someone to a commitment, uh, of course, it's the opposite to that, because what it is is a simple leadership technique. You're leading people to an understanding of what the Bible says about the state of humanity and its sinfulness and about God's provision for a saviour. So you're simply leading people through. And so you help your team to understand how that process works so that when they're in the conversation, 
they know how to lead that person through to a decision to follow Christ. And and you've got lots of great stories, and uh, there's been lots of people who've come to Christ because you haven't got a team this big because you're still trying to make you know your first convert. Lots of people come to Christ with your way of leading people. Well, every day, um, I just ask the team at the end, so how had the day? How, how were the conversations you had? And and the team are like, oh, I had some awesome conversations. I had all these di- a couple, you know, these different people said they wanted to trust in Christ for their salvation, even from this very day on. Um, on Monday, we had a someone we've been training up in evangelism. She lives in in America, and she came across the TikTok, and she's like, um, she even came to grasp the gospel from the TikTok. There, they watched the video and said, I didn't know the gospel. Came to believe it. They contacted us, tuned into some of the live stream, and said, Hey, can I be trained up to do evangelism? We've been training her up um, kind of a few times a week. Now she's fully trained. She's really, you know, re- really good actually in presenting the gospel. And so she now joins the team every single day. Uh, it's just so cool to see from someone who wasn't a Christian just like three months ago to now wanting to share the gospel every single day and doing and having really exciting conversations where people are coming to profess faith in Christ. Um, I guess it's all to God alone be the glory for raising up laborers and also bringing people into his kingdom isn't it amazing uh, what gives us confidence to pursue what we do know in god because people are at different stages of their maturity and understanding all sorts of things and we do need to have a level of confidence that what we're sharing is true and so we know that our church leaders, they give us confidence because, you know, we hear our pastor preaching on a Sunday or uh, you might hear guests who are speaking, sitting in that same chair that you're in, Ryan, that give us confidence that when we're talking about the things of God, uh, there are wonderful arguments. There are wonderful reasons why we can hold strong and firm in our faith. But you don't have to actually have all that knowledge to have the confidence. The confidence comes because you know that there are firm foundations on which we stand. So even the new convert can train and then become an effective evangelist. Exactly right, because what we proclaim, as Paul said, what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. And so because we know Jesus died, because we know that he rose from the dead, um, unlike any other religious leader, we know Jesus is the one who can save us. In fact, he's the only one who's willing to pay the penalty for our sin. One of the tips that we've also found really helpful, even the online evangelism has really helped us in refining our message, is is the benefit of checking questions. What that means is where we ask people, after we've kind of had a conversation with them, we then ask them near the end of the conversation, so based on what we've said, why can God let you into heaven? So because you might have presented the gospel well to them, but this is a question to make sure they've actually understood what you're saying. Because oftentimes people can explain the gospel, think the person's got it, but then they left, think, they leave the conversation thinking, okay, I've got to be a good person. That'll get me to heaven. When a checking question like, hey, if you stood before God and God asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Is a really good one to see whether they've come to understand it. And we've got some other ones that we've got up our sleeve as well, like things like, so on a scale between zero to 100%, how sure are you that you'll go to heaven when you die? And because if someone's like, well, maybe I'm just 50%, I'll ask them, okay, so why 50%? Well, you know, I think I've done a lot of sins in my life, which shows that they actually still haven't grasped the gospel. They're still thinking it's based on their performance, based on how many sins they have done or not done, rather than based on the finished work of Jesus. Ryan, let's come back to some of these one-minute presentations on TikTok. 
these are the ways that the conversation starts. Uh, you've obviously got some really great hooks, some conversations that are going to capture the imagination of the listener. Give us an insight here into how the TikTok video works so powerfully for you. Yeah, because some of these conversations we're having, they're from conversations we're having on Omegle, and they might be 10, 15, maybe 30-minute conversations, and we're trying to snip down into like one minute and just to summarize how the conversation went, but getting including like the key elements um, that people can watch the video and therefore come to grasp the gospel through it. And so what we're wanting is obviously talking about the cross. We want to be talking about um, Jesus' sacrifice, things like that. But we're also wanting something. We're wanting their reaction, the other person's reaction to the gospel. And some of the conversations, there's been some amazing ones. People with their jaws drop saying, what? I have, I've been going to church for 20 years and never understood this message until this conversation. Of course, we'd embrace those people and say, of course, they are Christian. And sometimes we might say they're cultural Christians. They've grown up in church life. They've gone through the motions, and but they'll never be an evangelist. They'll never share the gospel because they haven't understood and applied those elements of a biblical foundation to their own lives. That's where I think the difference here is what you're saying. So this idea of cultural Christians, you're meeting lots of them online. Yeah, so they, they apply the label of Christian to their own life. But in terms of what they're actually believing, it I guess it wouldn't necessarily line up exactly with the, the doctrines of Christianity if they're trusting in their own actions to save them. But, but the thing is that what's so cool is that because they even have that label or they've had the Christian background, that's why so many of them are willing to chat and willing to have the conversation with us. But we're not just reaching those kind of people. We're even reaching like the atheists and those who agnostics or have no kind of religious background whatsoever. I'll talk to you about your atheist connections uh, after we take a call or two. Let's hear from Michael in Maruya in New South Wales. Michael, welcome along. Hello, Neil. I'll just turn the uh, turn this down a bit. Okay, good to hear uh, from you, Michael. Yeah. What are your thoughts for our conversation? Well. I uh, I could present the, uh, the gospel in uh, in a minute by reading to uh, to them uh, the beatitude the eight beatitudes. Okay, all right. Matthew, Matthew five. Have you got your Bible open there? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, let's let's give you a minute and we'll see how we go here. Yeah. Um, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall possess the land. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after justice, for they shall have their fill. Uh, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they that suffer persecution for justice' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they shall revile you and persecute you and speak all that is evil against you, untruly for my sake. Be glad and rejoice, for your reward is very great in heaven. For, for so they persecuted the prophets that were before you. There's lots of ways, aren't there, that we can form a foundation for a response to the gospel and to be able to point to what a Christian life looks like uh, that is, in its sense, a part of how you might, you know, uh, put flesh on the bones of what a gospel message is. So, uh, Michael, yeah. well done on that. Get a thought or two here from Ryan. Yeah, so the the Beatitudes um, do lay a foundation in terms of us 
realizing that we should be broken, we should be um, poor in spirit, realizing our sinfulness. But I think without the news of Christ and his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, um, that I guess that would need to be added on to that. It's because um, someone yeah. hearing that absolutely can lay a, a bit of a foundation, but then it should lead into the, the good news of Christ. That's his sacrifice. That's what gets us into heaven. Wonderful yeah. stuff. Michael, thank you so uh, much for your call. Yeah. Did you want to add yeah, something? Yeah, there was one one other um, way you could do it too, preaching the uh, uh, Jesus message. Uh, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. For all those who believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Fabulous stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, how long did it take to read John 3.16? And you have elements there of the gospel message. Mm. Michael, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Hey, I want to hear about Steve the Atheist. Uh, You had a a connection here because when you put a TikTok video up, People respond, and that is what is the start of the conversations. Uh, let's talk about Steve the Atheist. Uh, what, what about him, Ryan? What actually happened with Steve is that because we're live streaming a uh, number of the conversations, even on YouTube, on the NeedGod.net YouTube and, and the Operation Fighter in YouTube, um, it came up in Steve's Recommended. So he, he tuned into the live stream, it's the deep chats on Amigle. He's he listening in, and he's like, I'm an atheist, you know, this is all false, you know, God's not real. And he was going on for days. He wouldn't just, he didn't just come one day. He joined the next day, the next day. He would be saying the same things. Anyway, um, initially, because he was kind of just spamming it over and over again, we had to time him out for a while um, so he couldn't make the comments. But then he returned. He's like, okay, I won't be as, you know, silly now. I'll try and have some reasonable discussions with you. And um, he joined in, tuned in for like the next month or two. And then after the two months, he's like, I actually believe this message now. I'm washed in the blood. I'm trusting in Jesus now. And we, we, we saw his comment in the, the YouTube um, live chat and, we're, and, we, and we saw it and we're like, it, and when the team kind of like broke down, like they're in tears, like praising God for, um, we could just see Steve slowly by slowly coming to understand the gospel and um, even when he didn't believe it, he had come to understand it. And and when others had joined in and we'd like, and, and we'd ask them, so how do you get to heaven? Steve's like, look, it's easy. And Steve would give the answer. <laughs> and but eventually, God humbled him, and he now is one of the people who are being trained up in evangelism. He's he knows the gospel, he believes it, and he's like, look, I was in depression. My atheism led to so many bad things. Now I'm a Christian, and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And it's just so amazing seeing the power of the gospel. You know, the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And isn't it interesting that atheists make great Christians when they have actually had their arguments dispelled? Uh, because a lot of atheists think they're coming to the conversation with the deep arguments. And then when they start to have these conversations with Christians, they recognize that their arguments are actually really shallow. Mm. And so there is a certain sense in which uh, when you get into the conversation with a Christian, the atheist is a work in progress. And let's put ourselves in the same boat. We were all a work in progress mm before we came to Christ. And uh, there's a lot of people that you'd be talking to, no doubt, the conversation you have one day, uh, that's another conversation the next day, and there's a process to someone coming to faith. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. It's always good to keep keep that perspective that 
we're no better than these people. We, we were just as lost before God saved us. And so that helps us to, I guess, remain humble and to be gentle and friendly and patient with these people. And yeah, when you, get, when, when you answer their objections, you show them, hey, look, just like you look at a building, you know there's got to be a builder for that building. You look at this universe, you know it had a beginning, so it's got to have a creator for it too. And many of the, the atheists are actually more reasonable. They're like, ah, oh, I've never actually thought of it like that before. That makes a whole lot of sense. And and right there, their, their whole thing that they've been resting upon is like, yeah, no God and I'll live for myself is now being crumbled. And they're like, oh, there's a God. Well, how would he expect me to live? And then we get to go through the law of God to bring the knowledge of sin and then get to tell them the good news of Christ. It's one of our TikTok videos. It's actually, I think, one of the first ones we did. And it was a guy who's like, I said, do you believe there's a God? He's like, no, I, I'm not sure. Never thought of it. Gave him the building builder analogy I just gave you. And he's like, whoa, that's amazing. And then I went through the law and the gospel with him. And he's like, man, what are my friends going to tell me when I tell them that I became a Christian or a meagle? <laughs> <laughs> and isn't it amazing that sometimes we feel like we have to have sophisticated uh, academic level knowledge before we can actually communicate the gospel with the recognition that perhaps most people who are out there and searching and willing to enter into a conversation with a Christian are not necessarily academics themselves. They've heard some arguments against Christianity, but when they want to talk to a Christian, it, it's not really a, a lot of academic stuff that wins the convert. It's some of these simple analogies, uh, mm. the building and the builder, uh, simple things that actually will cut through and that make sense because ultimately, if you are, say, the atheist, uh, living in a meaningless random universe, well, it's not that hard to dispel those sorts of things because the Christian message and the Christian response to that makes sense. And it's what happens here. You you make sense to people who are clearing up the things that are confusing about their own thoughts. And when, with those people who you might give that example, the building builder, and, and they're just like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to believe anything. You can just say, hey, look, do you think the real reason you're rejecting God is not because you lack evidence about him, but it's just that you don't want him to exist? Because, like, do you want to just be in charge of your own life? And it's like, yeah, that's the reason. I don't want someone to tell me how to live. And then you can point out, well, do you see how then you don't really have any good basis for saying there's no God? And it, it reminds me, actually, of the scripture Jesus said. He said, the light has come into the world, but people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. And they don't want to come to the light lest their evil deeds be exposed. And so you'll encounter those kind of people as well who will be remain stubborn and, and don't want to um, come to believe the gospel. But that's okay. Our job is to simply sow the seed or to water the seed. But it's God who gives the growth. He's the one who makes, makes the word um, penetrate the heart and makes it come to full growth in his timing. And the idea of being fearful of the thought that you might get some rejection when you're sharing the gospel. And a lot of people listening will say, oh, I wish I was like Ryan. I just don't like getting rejection. And uh, someone, you know, I've just shared my whole heart and, and they've said, no, I don't want that. And it's like makes me feel bad. But uh, but you've, I don't know, do you develop a thick skin around that? Or, or are you naturally a sort of, you know, you don't mind a bit of rejection? What are your thoughts here, Ryan? Well, for myself, after, after I became a Christian, um, for the first two years, I was like, I never want to share the gospel with anyone in my entire life. I'm too afraid to do that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, but, and so, look, I'll support missionaries, but I'm never going to go and witness to anyone. But what happened is I, I kind of got equipped. Someone kind of trained me a bit on knowing what to say because that's the big fear. 
what if I get stuck in knowing what to say? I'm too, I don't know what to say to someone. But once I got equipped in knowing what to say, that gave me a bit of confidence and boldness. But then not only that, but also then doing it with like-minded believers. They then can encourage you and say, hey, look, you know, it's, it's, this is what's expected. You know, this is what the, the apostles, they got rejected. Jesus got rejected. But at the same time, look, look at all these people who are willing to hear it as well. And so that's what really helped with me. I, I, I then went out and joined uh, one of the Operation 513 teams out in the street. This was about 14 years ago. Loved it so much and kept going ever since then. And so that's the thing. If, you've, if you're considering doing evangelism, um, yeah, contact us. It would be great because we can train you up so you can know what to say. That gives you more confidence. But then doing it with like-minded believers, even if it's just online, you're with like-minded believers. You're all in the same kind of Zoom room so you can be encouraged by each other. And that will help you to have that confidence to be a bold witness for Christ. Let me ask you about what's coming, because there's going to be uncertainty in times ahead. When you're getting now this online response and you've got hundreds of thousands of people who are seeing your TikTok uh, videos, uh, they're in response and some of them are coming from other countries, different cultures. You've got people who are Muslims who are responding. You've got perhaps people from, you know, somewhere like India. They speak English, but they're coming from a Hindu background. Right. Uh, when you are actually then cross-culturally answering those questions, is there a need for people on the team who actually are very familiar with, you know, how a Christian answers Muslim questions, how a Christian answers Hindu questions? Is that the sort of need you might see for the future? Yeah, definitely, because we do have people who even like privately message us in on Instagram, on our needgod.net Instagram account, and every day people like, hey, um, like my family's like Hindu, and they're saying that I'm not allowed to become a Christian. What do I do? And, you know, you, yeah, and you know, to, you, you got to think of a good response to that. People say, what about this part of the Bible? What does that even mean? And And so some of the team are actually kind of, Every day, like in, in when they're not on, like they're doing the Omegle calls, they're either responding to people who have asked questions. And so that's kind of like the discipling process um, and, and encouraging people to get into the Bible each day to, to grow in their faith. But it, it is amazing how God is actually connecting us with even people in closed countries. So these are countries where missionaries have a hard time getting to. Um, because they're not, it's illegal to you know evangelize in those countries or be missionaries in those countries, and they're they're jumping onto a meagle or they're listening into the YouTube, and we're getting to witness them. These are people from Saudi Arabia, Morocco, um, the UAE, and Iraq, Iran. These sort of countries, and by God's grace, they're hearing the gospel, and some are even positively responding to the gospel. Well, there is exciting times ahead. Now, you mentioned that on your Operation 513 team, you had 10 people yesterday who were online and responding to people who were replying to, I saw your TikTok video and uh, tell me a little bit extra what you're about. Or maybe some people are just wanting to argue like Steve the Atheist. Uh, maybe there's others who are, you know, find myself in a conversation. I'm not sure why I'm here. And you know that that's sort of by God's design. But 10 people yesterday, but there's room for 20. There's room for 30. Isn't there room for 50 every day? Definitely. So you would like to see that grow. And uh, let's come back to this for a moment because no doubt there'll be some hanging on every word saying, how can I be a part of Ryan's team at Operation 513? 
what would be the process by which someone who says, yep, I want to do something for God, I feel like this is the pursuit I need to uh, to engage with, uh, what's the process of getting on the team? Mm. Yeah, because each each day on Amigo, there's about between 30,000 to 50,000 people online at a time who who just wanting to connect with someone to chat to. And so we've got, what, 10 of us yesterday trying to reach thirty to 50,000 people. That's not enough of us. And so if we can double the team size, triple it, quadruple it, it would be amazing. You know, the harvest is plentiful, but the labor is a few, as Jesus said. And so, yes, if you want to get involved, that would be awesome. Um, you can contact either through the operation513.com website um, or you can contact through the needgod.net website, either of one of those two ways. Um, and we'll get back to you and then we can yeah, organize our time to, I'll give you some resources to kind of train you up. And then also then we can pair together, have a conversation, do some role playing on how to evangelize and get better at doing that. And then you can have a go yourself. And if you're wanting to test the waters, uh, have a look at the, uh, the Operation 513 website or go to needgod.net. Yes. Uh, so which one of those, if you wanted to test the waters and just see uh, what's this Operation 513 all about, which one to go to? Yeah, so in terms of the, the ministry, and Operation 513 is the more the streets uh, ministry, so we're doing um, evangelism teams, and we still do that. Um, like even in Brisbane, we, we're out Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights in the city and other places around um, the world with the different teams. But in terms of the online stuff, um, probably needgod.net may be the best avenue to look at. Then you can see all the social media. Um, so like it's even on Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok, all those sort of their links are on the needgod.net website. And Omegle, O-M-E-G-L-E, this is like a a, a, cap, a catch-all website, people who are just wanting to connect and have conversations. And, yes. and so you're linked in there. Is there any formal link there or is it just that, uh, you know, you're never short of something to do? This is how you can have all your guys on air for a shift, uh, not, just a, not just a, you know, a little bit of pastime, but you've actually got them on shift. They know what they're doing. They're on from a certain time to a certain time. Uh, so and and Omegle becomes like it's like a fishing pond. Yes. Uh, yeah. So how does that all work? Yeah, absolutely. So there's what fifty thousand people on there, and we're just throwing in a hook kind of thing. You know, we are. Wow. Um, it, it it connects you like within two seconds. You're ne- you're connected with someone random, and you just say, "Hey, can I ask you a question? What do you think happens to us after we die?" And you're in a deep conversation, and most people are happy to chat to you about you know these deep deep topics. Um, and then if they don't want it, they can easily skip, or you can easily skip the next person, and and two seconds later you connect with someone else. And I assume that you know any of us could just go on there and 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 do what you're saying. But there's the encouragement that comes from being part of a team where you've got that backup, where you've got people who are you know your cheer squad from the sidelines. It, there's such a big benefit being part of the team. Yes, exactly right. That's. Because if, if often by ourselves we can be discouraged. You might have some. You might have talked to a hard-hearted person. You're like, ah, oh, you're feeling a little bit defeated from that. But I think with the team, it they can encourage you. You can see that they're they're continuing. They're going into the next conversation. That encourages you to get onto the next conversation as well. But also we have the tools to actually um, kind of more some safeguards. Because sometimes obviously the internet can be a dangerous place. And so we've got some um, extensions or scripts that we've put in place so that to prevent you from seeing anything bad that might pop up because um, you can sometimes get connected with people who are not going to be 
um, wearing appropriate clothing or things like that. And so we've got safeguards so you don't see anything bad. And um, that's why, yeah, it's we've made it kind of like a safe environment. Okay. Well, it is a wonderful opportunity that you are pursuing. And I did say earlier on, there might be those who are listening who want to become part of an operation like this and, and really put some legs on their idea of evangelism. Uh, some who might be in uh, some places where they're still under pretty solid lockdown and being out on the streets uh, outside a cafe or in a mall isn't something that they can easily do. And I'm thinking of Victoria that's coming out of some of those issues and a little bit of extra freedom there. But but still, uh, any place around Australia could sit, soon go into lockdown anyway. But you've added a whole new dimension to what evangelism is all about uh, a team of street evangelists now you've added the online i'm sure you're not going to let go of the online side of things and i'm sure that you'll still be wanting to fire up those street evangelism opportunities as you are able to do around the country let me give those websites just so that listeners can make connection with you ryan hemelar is our guest He's the Southeast Queensland team leader for Operation 513. Now, the website is operation513.com. Operation513.com. Uh, he did also mention needgod.net. Needgod.net. And you'll be able to be in in contact with uh, Ryan Hemmerlein. Ryan, we have run out of time, but... Great getting your insights. Thanks so much for the update. Special honour to you and the team at Operation 513. Keep going, keep growing, and uh, I hope next time we talk you can say we had a great response from that conversation and uh, lots of people joined the team. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for that, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.